Welcome to Deeper Dive. I'm your host, Jay Wald, and it is sure glad, I'm sure glad to be here. I must say, um, it's been a long, long time, and I want to thank Don, first of all, for filling in as host uh, for the weeks that I've been out. For most of you who know or may not know, I was out with sick with COVID, uh, and also I had pneumonia. So it's a life-altering uh, experience. And I also want to thank our guest uh, for tonight, Elder Dion Walden. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Glad good to be to here. Good, Glad good. to be doing this with you. Amen. I appreciate that. And I want to thank, tell everybody, thank you for being the noble wife you've been, for taking care of me from the time I went to the hospital to I got out, even learning to walk and all the things I had to do all over again. So God bless you for that. Thanks, thanks. Um, it just really opened another dimension of what marriage is about and what um, oneness is about. And I think even in this uh, podcast, it, it will come out because that's what it is. It's about people doing life with each other and um, just being there for each other. So it was um, a duty for me, a, a honorable duty for me that when you were sick and um, unable to walk and unable to take care of yourself, that I found it like one of my greatest privilege to be able to serve you and to be able to walk alongside you so that you could, you know, recuperate. And here you are. So we, we're so thankful for that. I am so thankful for that. I definitely am. I definitely am. So, so different it could have gone south i've seen so many stories heard so many stories even in our small circle and god has been truly truly faithful to us yes yes uh because i've i've been told by many people when i was in church for the first time they said we were praying for you and they just kept saying it over and over so i just feel so honored by that um i, I just wanted to put in a prayer for dawn because she's recovering herself I hope that she gets okay. herself back as well soon. Um, this is episode, uh, season three, episode nine. And I first want to thank um, our podcast listeners. Uh, thank you for taking the time out to listen to us. Uh, for whatever social media platform that they may be using, any questions, comments that you may have, please contact us via WhatsApp at 954-388-8780. Before we get started, let's open this. Start with a word of prayer. Father God, thank you once again for this wonderful uh, podcast that you developed for us to have people around the world to listen to the message that was preached, Lord. Thank you for the components that made things possible, Lord, for this to go forth, Lord. And thank you for the message that was preached this past Sabbath about uh, the being one in you, Lord. Continue to bless us at this moment, Lord. Uh, special prayer out for the folks in Ukraine, Lord, that this war would end, Lord. But we want to thank you, Lord, for being the God of all. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. You said that, um, what, was your thought, what was your thought behind choosing the title, Together We Are One, for your sermon? So that was uh, our theme this month for our church. Um, it takes a community, that's our theme. And with the national spotlight on Black History Month, I was thinking about community across the wide spectrum of the makeup of God's church. Um, it is a conglomeration of all people from all backgrounds, all ethnicities, culture, working for the same kingdom purpose. 
uh, which is to make disciples for Christ. So as I kind of ruminate, you know, on ideate, I wrote the topic or the title that I feel that would be um, appropriate or would encapsulate, you know, um, I went through a few iterations and it just really landed on together. We are one. And it really kind of just gave scope and breadth to what I would have been, what I was going to present. So I, I thought that 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 really anchored, you know, the, the, the theme for a month. It takes a community looking back at the early church in the book of Acts, looking at us as a church and how we should be operating in oneness. So that's how I came about with the thought process of, of, of um, coming, uh, finalizing on that topic together. We are one. Well, I must say it was a powerful sermon. It was a colorful sermon. Uh, you did so much to bring out, um, which leads to my next question. Um, when you started your sermon, you were showing history of the black people in the Bible. Why was this important? I thought that was important um, to history is always important to just really know where you are, where your roots are. Roots are so important because you really need to know your roots before you can really even understand who you are. Yes. And so I thought, um, as I said, you know, with the Black History Month that, you know, we were closing the curtains today. Today is the 28th day of February, a short month, my birth month also. And um, wanted to somewhat you know, focus a little bit more, not on a, a localized um, African-American history, Caribbean history, or just black, the history of black people, but really to come from a biblical, a biblio, uh, bibliocentric approach mm-hmm. of what black people, you know, the, the, the history of black people in the Bible from a, so something that um is authenticated, you know, we, we don't talk about it a lot because, you know, it is a very um, touchy topics. I know maybe for pastors, you know, you know, some could see it as very polarizing or, mm-hmm. you know, some people could be offended, but my purpose was never ever to, 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 uh, you know, to isolate or to cause offense. And sometimes we need to have those hard discussions because in order for us to understand the root cause or to understand each other, that sometimes we're culturally different and we're in this melting pot. I think the church is the, the, the um, quintessential melting pot of all cultures, you know, all ethnicities and, you know, different makeup and backgrounds. So coming from the Bible to show that what the Bible says about black people, you know, mm-hmm. where they came from that, you know, after the flood, Noah and his three sons. And, you know, this, these were the, the, the people, the three sons that God chose to repopulate the earth. And mm-hmm. through them, we have all the nations of the earth and to show that we are one because Noah and his wife produced three sons, three brothers, three blood brothers. Mm-hmm. And from them, you know, came all the nations of the earth. And from from one particular Ham, and I talked about the Hamitic line, that this is the lineage of where the black people came from. And we can see throughout the, the scripture, there's, there's this historical timeline or trend line to show that they've always been a part of, of the family of God 
as you would put it, because there are always some kind of merging together, whether it be marriage or community, that, you know, even though the promise came through um, really Shem, the line of Shem, which was, he was also dusky. So mm-hmm. he wasn't fear, you know, fear skin. He was dusky, more the Berber, more, more, more um, the Moroccan, North Africa. So we see that. So, and it's never about color. And I guess we'll talk a little bit about that, that for, for we living in the 21st century in mm-hmm. the Western hemisphere, most time when we read the Bible and look at the Bible, we're looking at it at a from a 21st century vantage point or Western hemisphere. And back then, those people never saw this as an issue, like like what we're having that the church itself. And it's so sad that, you know, to even have to be talking about the, the racial divide in the church. And for me, and I think once one more thing, Joe, before I, I finished, mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, what's happening, there's a generation of young people, the millennials, the generation Zs and Ys, that they're growing up and th- in their history, they're curious and they're starting to ask so there's this there's this um curiosity or this interest where they're seeking for more because for so long we've been taught and some of us have accepted it, you know to think that you know black people's history or their heritage um was 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 incepted or or started from slavery and so so you find that there is this tension to say, is this all? Is God fear that that all there is to black people is slavery? Is 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 um to tell the story of 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 of, of sub, um, them being subordinate to a superior race, and that was never God's I, I, idea or not, was never God's plan. So as we're seeking and uncovering that things have been hidden, things have been purposely hidden over time, things have been purposely re written over time to mask yes. mm-hmm. what 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 the root is that God really created you know from from Shem Ham and Japheth the whole nations and uh, of the earth and never intended for any race to be superior over one race so I think the time is and we are at that pivotal juncture in historical timeline that all of those things, needs to come to fore it needs to really come uh, to the forefront where we can deal with them so that the church of god will have a better understanding about unity and oneness because it's not to just to say unity in the sense of theory we talk about Mm -hmm. it in circles but not to do anything about it i think the, the really thrust the greater crux of this needs to be dealt with the church because if the church of god comes together in a community related fashion to understand the issue of race and mm. to have resolution and recolle- reconciliation with race and who we are, regardless of color, but to know that the Church of God is a multicultural, multi-ethnic church that is united as one. I think mm. then we would be able to have a more effective, powerful evangelistic tool when the world look at us and do not see the tension or the divide or the chasm as it really as it relates to race. Yeah, that actually was a question I had about the multicultural church, but you pretty much explained that uh, what needs to be said, because you said the church of God should be multicultural. 
Yes, it is. It is multicultural. Mm -hmm. The Church of God, as we look at the early church, if we look at the model of the early church, it is a multicultural church. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you had people from everywhere. If you if you look at the Jerusalem church, even even um, the, the the people the people who are scattered and the Jews who came from different communities. For example, on the day of Pentecost, we saw that when the Holy Spirit came down, that he, he gave them the ability to speak different languages. And there's mm-hmm. a thing with culture and language a unifier. So most times, you know, you may have your ethnicity that you share. It has to do also with your language, with your geography so you have different people but not only that not only the jews but you had um paul who Mm -hmm. went to the gentiles he went to speak to the gentiles to convert gentiles because you know what jesus said is that this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached you know in in jerusalem in judea and to the uttermost part of the earth so god's plan from ever since even though jesus said i came to the lost sheep of israel that he came to the jews first but god's universal salvation plan was for to the ends of the earth to all people all nations because in psalm 24 he said that earth is the lord and the fullness thereof the world and they that in psalm 100 he said you know it is he that has made us and not we ourselves so god's plan was always to save mankind all people because there's you know even though we describe or we categorize ourselves with races there's only one race and that's the human race amen that you're exactly right about that you shared in your sermon about the christian identity should uh should supersede our race and ethnicity why is that yes so i gave an analogy you know for example that when we got married Mm -hmm. um my maiden name my father's name was buchanan and so when i got married i gave up buchanan um to take on your name walden Mm -hmm. but it did not deny me from still being buchanan right so I still have my Buchanan heritage. I still celebrate who I am, my Buchanan roots. But now, legally speaking, as we become one, I am Mrs. Walden. Mm -hmm. So when we look at our Christian identity, it is not for someone who accepts Christ. Because when we accept Christ, it tells us in 2 Corinthians 5 that we are a new creation. And in Galatians 2, verse 20, it says it's not us who live anymore, it's Christ who lives within us. So Christ become our dominant identity. That's who we identify with. We identify as Christian. That is our identity. That is our makeup. That is that is where that that supersedes everything else. That supersedes the the culture we live in. That supersedes the race that we we belong to. Because mm-hmm. no, our, our status is now changed. Right. Mm-hmm. So we're no longer. It's just like me. I'm no longer a single woman. I am married. So my status is changed and I'm t- I've taken on my husband's name. But it doesn't negate me having to celebrate my family. I have not disinher- dis- disinherited my family or I'm still linked to them. But it is not the dominant, dominant name that I carry. And it's not the dominant things that define me because, no, we're building a life together. When a Christian 
come to Christ, that's the thing. When you come to Christ, they're letting go of the world. That that baptism is more like a marriage. So mm-hmm. I'm no longer living to 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 beholden to my race. I'm no longer beholden to my ethnicity. I'm no longer beholden to all of that, even though it is still special to me and I'm still proud of it. But Christ now becomes the focal um um, uh, attention in my life or the focal uh, description of how I describe myself, how I see myself, how I live. I start to live the kingdom principles. I start to do the things that pleases him because now I live for him and what he's doing through me is to regenerate me, to make me to look like him. And that's why we talk about that. He said that we were created in his image because something happened, the fall happened. And so, you know, somehow, you know, sin has somehow obscured the image of Christ in us. So becoming Mm -hmm. a Christian, Christ begin to work within us because we have the Holy Spirit regenerating us, changing our thought patterns. So, you know, things that we have, if we had prejudices, if we have bigotry, whatever we have within us, as we become daily sitting in the word, as we become daily studying the word and having the Holy Spirit to really start to refine us, to renew our minds, then the things, if we used to hate our brother, we no longer hate our brother. If we used to hate our sister, we no longer. If we harbor unforgiveness, we ask the Holy Spirit to work through that. So we start to take on that identity of Christ. And so Mm -hmm. that is what I was basically saying, that with all the things that are going on that are race related, that, you know, the evils of racism and it is, it's a, it's, it is evil. It is the giant in the room that no one talks really about, especially in the, the, the church's circle in the sense of, um, I know the church, I know our church is dealing with it and I know some churches are dealing with it, but I think right now to the fore in our society, in our culture, in the last yes four or five years that we've seen that there is this growing polarization where people are becoming more divided, more divided on everything, on every scale. And we know semblance of that has to do with the end time events that are coming. But I think race has become a very, um, topical and forefront issues as we see injustices that are happening in the society against people of color, you know, where we see it in the justice system, we see it in the educational system, we see it, you know, in the cost of living on all of that. And I believe right now, this is what Christ is saying, that we have to be our brother's keeper. We absolutely have to be our brother's keeper. So when we take on our Christian identity, you're my brother, Joseph. You're my sister. So it's not about race. It's not about someone living in the inner city or someone who lives in a gated community. It's us coming together as we look at the model of community in the early church in Acts that those who didn't have that there were offerings that were taken up to help those who were poor. Yes, right. Even those who were poor were also giving offering so that the church will thrive, so that as the as the church become amalgamated in love and oneness and unity, the world sees something different. And that is what the world is looking for right now. The world is looking for the church to be different from what they're seeing in society. The world right. is looking for a different um, a narrative that the church, one of love, one of acceptance, one of forgiveness. Yeah. 
And that is what the world is looking at. And that's why Christ is saying that, you know, that when he said, I and in, in, um, Father, uh, you and me, I and you, and I'll be in them. And they will know that they are my disciples because mm -hmm. they're showing love and they're doing it in complete oneness and in unity. I understood. I understood. Amen. So this racial divide you're talking about, um, you, you, I think you said a few things to practice. How how can we heal that? You know what I'm saying? What what what? How can we really heal that that racial divide? I think the thing about we first, I think yes, we should have some practical ways to mm -hmm. really address the whole racial divide. And I think um, one thing that we can, or some of the things that we can do, is to first to um, talk about the issue. Mm -hmm. You know, we can't really dance around the issue or try to evade the issue anymore. We we have as church leaders, uh, I would, you know, suggest that one of the ways are if I think that for interfaith dialogue, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. not just among um, specific denomination, but an interfaith dialogue, maybe in communities where you may have um, a higher concentration of uh, the Caucasian or the Hispanic or, or Blacks, you know, so it, an interfaith dialogue where you can have church leaders coming together to see some of the grassroots issues that mm -hmm. are affecting their constituents and find those ways to see if we can, they, we could have events you know like yeah. some social events to bring people together so that you know the more people come together and they share their experiences is 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 is, is an opportunity for them to understand that we are more alike than we are different in, in effort, yes. i think I through agree. that yes sorry i agree with that no you're fine i agree with that we are more alike than we are different yes i do agree with that Yes. yes. So have those social events where people can come and know each other, whether it be um, uh, a, 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 holiday, a fun day at the park or, you know, um, some kind of um, health event, you know, some kind of outreach in the community or not just in the, that church's community, but other communities where they feel that they could be most impactful, you know, um, to sponsor, you know, to sponsor maybe um a school, you know, maybe mm -hmm, a, a school that maybe have a problem with literacy or something like that to get to know the community in that community. So you could have an interfaith collaboration where you have people of different churches, different makeup doing a collaborative. And, and these are just some ideas I'm saying, just yeah. because the conversation and just maybe looking at some of the socioeconomic um, issues that are impacting communities. Some com communities are, are doing much better, you know, their social strata, their, you know, their economic, you know, economically more progressive. So mm -hmm. what can they do? You know, so it's really having to start that dialogue and, you know, work in a culturally diverse uh, group of people so that people can see people and, you know, and, 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 and not feel like it is us and them over there, but coming together as one, you know, I've seen it over and over. I've seen, um, um, not for profit organization at which sometimes I, I, I sponsor some of these organizations like doctors without borders, you know, going to some nations that are, that, that, um, a poor health care. No, mm -hmm. it's not a religious organization, but I see where th these are some of the things that this is the way you can touch people's lives and show the love of Jesus because these people risk their life, they risk their career in going into nations where sometimes there is a high crime or it's, it's, it's politically um, volatile and they're mm -hmm. doing these things. 
So I'm thinking that if the church can really be the bridge to go into communities where you have a high and high prevalence of drugs and um, um, and crime, and sometimes you find those in communities of color, you know, mm-hmm. so. Working with other leaders to say, hey, and not only the leaders, like the, the faith leaders, but to work with the local government, we yes, work yeah. with you know, um, their local municipalities, the, the, yeah. Yeah, the municipalities, so, mm-hmm. and to work with the, the police. You know, yeah. sometimes, you know, we find you now that one of the issues is that some communities don't trust the police. So That's how true. can the church play a role in bridging that, 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 that gap where we can mm-hmm. have um constructive dialogue where those mm-hmm. communities can come together now and start to trust the police and the church would need to play a role in that yes yes you, you spoke about quite a bit about that in your sermon um you mentioned in your end time Pentecostal the outpouring of the Holy Spirit will not occur if the church does not have an upper room experience experiencing dealing with the cracks, preliminaries, racial divide. Why is this so? That's a very good question, Joseph. I I, I personal, this is my personal opinion, and I think it's also biblically based. Mm-hmm. When Pentecost happened in um, Jerusalem after Christ ascended, and he, they t- he told him to go tarry, you yeah. know, and he, he was going to send a comforter, which is the Holy Spirit we know. Mm-hmm. Um, they had to work through some real issues. I, I can just maybe um, conject, you know, through conjecturing that when James and John mother went to Jesus and say, hey, I want one my son and one on the right and one on the left. And uh, I'm sure that was something that they had to work through because of their ambitions. So how the other disciples feel that here they're looking for power, one on the right, one on the left. They want to be mm-hmm. positioned. I'm sure there are things that they had to work out and other things that they had to work out among themselves. As people of God, it's bigger than just that. I think that the fissures, the the cracks that are in the church over time, it was just um, about 10 years ago, the Southern Baptist Church um, apologized about their role in um, racial segregation. So the church has been complicit over time in um, allowing the issue of race to foment and to get to the place where it's at. And mm-hmm. I don't think it's, it's, it's fixed because as you look at the news and you look at society right now, you see that it is so prevalent, it is so obvious that yes. there is. There, there is, you know, as, as you know, I had quoted uh, a quote by Dr. Martin Luther King who talks about the most segregated hour on a Sunday yes. is 11 a.m hour. So even until now, we're seeing that there's still issues that is causing the divide. And if we're looking as God's end time people to finish the work, and we were promised that the latter rain, which we know is the Pentecostal shower, the Holy Spirit being poured out in greater measure for us Mm -hmm. to finish the work. But in order for Pentecost to have happened, in the early church or with mm-hmm. the early inception of the early church where 3,000 souls on one day were converted yes. and saved, they had to work out the differences, the 120 that they had to work out their differences. And I believe that the church of God will need to have a corporate experience of re- global repentance. Mm. You know, so at a localized level, yes, 
individual have to repent they have to that global level the church of god must come to repent of things that has been done you know ills that have been done you know um the neglect that has been you know and uh injustices that have been done to people who were marginalized ostracized or continuously are marginalized ostracized the underserved the neglect and i think this is where god talks about in micah uh, micah 6 where he said you know i've shown you oh man what the lord requires is to you know to, to love mercy to seek justice and to mm-hmm. walk before god and so for the church to have pentecost the church has to be one one yes. in purpose one without any racial um any racial um fissure any racial crack that is dividing people now where people feel that um somehow that um the issue has not been dealt with because we have in our constituents are you have parishioners all over they're asking for these things because sometimes you look at the makeup of the church and and you you're not seeing representation Mm -hmm. so for the church of god to really look like the church that god talks about in revelation or the what john saw in revelation a church is um have people from everywhere all Mm -hmm. tribes languages the church for that church and i believe that's where pentecost will happen because Mm -hmm. then the church is going to be so supercharged because it is it is complete in complete in unity that jesus talks in john 17 when he talks about that because of them coming together because of their love and because of them coming together and being one and the father in them and he's in them that the world will know that is when the church of god so everybody laying down their 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 issues their desires not just race you know so i don't want to just focus on just a racial divide or you know racial reconciliation there are other things in the church there are other fissures in the church but i think for now right now one of the major issue that the church is major issues that the church is facing is that racial divide and we just really need to come come together as a body of believers mm-hmm. and aside our differences it start re- repentance it start with laying down our pride because yes. we know we've seen it in the studies that in in recent study with the barner group and the pews group that they, that the pew research centers it still shows that there is still a racial divide our whole people think how the races think how the white thinks or the black thinks or hispanic thinks it is saying like you know for the black they're thinking that the church should you know have more race relations related sermons why the white um um, believers do not think that there is an issue and it could just be the community where we live in because we're not seeing it so if you're not seeing it then it's not so much of an issue but when you're living it and when you have family members who are living it it's it's a total different story it's like you have to walk in my shoe before you're able to relate to me in that way and that's why the church this empathy and, mm-hmm. and those are the things that Christ is asking it's not really hard the society society is broken and the race issue in society is because i believe that if the church was really showing the love of jesus christ in complete unity where you know you're not paying you're not patronizing me because that's what i i don't want because i am of a um i am black because you want to patronize me i yeah. want you to 
as equal. I want to be, I want you to see me as, as the person that God made in, in his likeness, in his form as beautiful, that I am not in any way devoid of anything that you have. We were fearfully and wonderfully made. Yes, right. And I think Satan has used this to drive a wedge and one of the greatest wedge over the centuries, you know, um, the ills that has been done, the, you know, the, the, the crime that has been done against, you know, people of color. So the church really needs to come back to a reckoning and to see, you know, as we are at this juncture, this critical juncture, what can we do now? And I, and I know that the church will get to that because we see the book of Revelation that the church did get to that, but how can we now in this generation, yeah. voice of this generation, be that change agent for this generation to be the catalyst, to really advance the conversation, not just the conversation, but to, to have a plan of action and to actionize for change that will bring the church of God together as one. Well said, well said, well said. Thank you very much for that. I have one more final question. Um, you know, <laughs> you know, I was laughing at um, in your sermon because I had to hear it twice and was you know, wonderful each and every time. But you sung two lyrics <laughs> of songs uh, which weren't Christian, but it spoke about the issues affecting the community. Could you elaborate on that? I wonder what Bob Marley I know. <laughs> so, so, um, so the thing is, when I thought about it, when I was tasked to, you know, prepare this this message, and I said I was just given a theme, it, it takes a community and it's Black History Month. So I thought about it and I prayed about it, of course, praying about it and asking God, what does he want me to do? And I was a bold, you know, I mean, a, um, thing, but I, I did it from a place where the Holy Spirit, he wants us to have these conversations. Jesus had these mm -hmm. conversations. So mm -hmm. I thought about it. And while I was thinking about it, I had songs growing up where I know that um, Bob Marley, you know, everyone knows world renowned, you know, reggae, but most of his music is about unity, you mm -hmm. know, um, is about, you know, um, bringing back uh, people to the, the, the table to have discussions. I remember growing up as a, as a young child that, you know, you had in my country, my native country of Jamaica, that mm -hmm. you had um, the political upheaval where you have different differences of, 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 of thoughts and, and uh, different political ideologies. And it was driving a wedge and causing crime and, and and he would write about that and to bring the leaders he literally would use songs to unite the leaders to come back to the table and find ways to speak to their their, their constituents and with in with peace you know to 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 mitigate violence and yeah. so this song that i shared about um war it is, the song is actually titled war and mm -hmm. this was at a time when the apartheid you know, a system of segregation and discrimination of race in South Africa. You just a really just a just a devious and um, repressive and oppressive system that really segregated and really discriminated against black people. And so he wrote the song. And I, when I listened to the song, I said, it doesn't have to be Christian. You know, God made us all with our humanity. He make us to say, if you, if you, Joseph, you see where our humanity comes. And really, when you see men acting selflessly, it's most mm -hmm. time when there's suffering. Yes. Most time when there's some cataclysmic disaster, like 9-11, everyone mm -hmm. came together. Mm -hmm. When there are Katrina, there are different things. You see people rising up to show that, you know, we are one. And I mm -hmm. thought that 
the lyrics that Bob Marley wrote just encapsulates what is going on right now. And I think it's, it's, it's just really so um, profound for the time that we're living in. You know, I, I, I mean, I won't go through it, but just yeah, the sure. first first few few lines when he says you know there's a philosophy until the philosophy which holds one race superior and another inferior is finally and permanently discredited and abandoned there's going to be war and his war there is the cracks the the divide the hurt Mm -hmm, the pain mm -hmm. you know that that until there's no first class and second class citizens because we have that in different ways in, in in society how the system is um framed sometimes it's not like the system was made to to disadvantage someone else you know but sometimes the system is made advertently to disadvantage other people so until we can do away with the classism until we can do away with one race holding themselves superior over another until people can see people and see people as martin luther king talks about it see people's the content of their character and not the color of their skin or the you know the the, the color of their eyes Gosh. until we really see people as people god's creation we're always going to have this and i just thought that 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 song really just just ties nicely the one about usa for africa that's the one again mm-hmm. about yeah we are the world yes about community it was a time mm-hmm. when it's epidemic people were dying and you know there was just um suffering you know like yes. uh, that, that really just touches the heart of everyone and that was one way and i i mean i was a small child at that time when i saw all of the celebrities of course you know michael jackson you know i like him very much so yeah, i know so, i know it's all of them coming together and singing, we are the world, you know, we are the children, you know, we are mm-hmm. the change agents. And I believe we, God is saying, we are the salt of the earth. We yes. are the light of the world. That is basically what he's saying. We should be the one bringing, bridging the divide. We should be the one bringing the healing to the world. We yes. should be the one, he says, a peculiar people. We're different from the world. When the world see us, they should see a, 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 a church that is that is accepting, a church that is loving, a church that is forgiving, a church where the bonds of love is so strong that nothing is going to divide us because we are doing God's kingdom work. We're doing his kingdom work and his kingdom work is to make disciples. And how can we yes. make disciples? We make disciples because we love each other. We love one another. We show the love of Jesus Christ in us. And as we show the love of Jesus Christ in us, it becomes an outgrowth, an outflow to our community. And as our community sees that, it's like we become like magnets. And I think this is a time when people are looking outside of themselves. You know, the the depression is um, rising. You know, people are turning to drugs and all kinds of vice. The church has one fundamental message and it's for us to really show that we are the ministers of reconciliation that he that the word of god tells us in second um, um corinthians 5 verse 28 that we are like instruments we are vessels like god's ambassador like god is in us reconciling 
the world to himself, that we are his agents of justice. We are his agents of mercy. We are his agents of, of forgiveness. We are his agents of peace and grace. We are grace givers. This is what God is saying. And this is what the world needs because right now without the church of God being that solution, there's mm -hmm. no other solution. There's That's no true. other solution as God is That's working true. Church, his yes. church called out. He's called out. We are called out from the world, and he's working through us to effect change through us so that the world will come to know him as a loving God he is. Amen. Amen. Why do you swear? Well, I tell you, I am a lucky man <laughs> to be with you and how you explain things and, and how you just show us. Uh, you being an elder, I mean, it's just more of a blessing. But I want to thank you just for the detailed answers you've given us. And I hope that somebody out there will get this information and just use it. Just use it, you know, and then we'll be blessed for that. But um, Elder Dion, I want to thank you. Thank you for taking the time for to to talk with us and that wonderful message it's just going to go forth over the world like wildfire that's a powerful message that people heard on this past sabbath so i want to thank you if you don't mind as we always do ask you for a word of prayer as we close out praise god, praise god for it and i thank god for deeper dive that it's it's a platform that really transcends all boundary geographies where people can hear and and recognize that you know we're here to do god's work and i'm yes. thankful for you and don and just the team behind the scenes that you know they don't normally see but you know brother eduardo who's now doing the recording and sister mm -hmm. Cassandra just calling just the media team and and um just everyone who is working right now to really bring hope the light of god to the world that's what the world needs right now um i was just gonna pray even for my brothers and sisters in, in ukraine what is going on right now yes, the yes. world needs see the church rise up the world needs to hear the voice of god they need to know when they say where are you where are my brothers and sisters the church needs mm -hmm. to be the one to say here we are here we are and i know christians everywhere and i know people in our church like our church the plantation seven Venice church we've been praying i see pastor jen um, praying on sabbath i see mozart doing the elder mozart doing the intercessory prayer he was praying and i in my small group and all the small groups people are praying so Mm -hmm. We just need to just continue to be galvanized as the church, as I said, to be that conglomerate on earth of all races, all ethnicities, and let the world see. We really need to show that Jesus is love. And because his love resides in us, that we are the people that he has called. And it's a privilege for us to, to work, to be co-laborers. Can mm -hmm. you imagine God has ordained us to become co-laborers with his son through the power and the aid of the Holy Spirit. Father, I want to thank you again for this wonderful opportunity to be used. God, I'm, I'm so humbled. I'm so humbled that you chose me, this vessel. And Father, I, I ask God, as you continue to use me, Father, I, I ask that you will that you would bless others through the messages that you are sending through me. I am just a piece of clay. I've always said it, Lord, that I'm just a lump of clay that I ask you to reconstruct every time I speak so that as you be seen, you be glorified. I ask you bless yes. 
this podcast. I pray that you'll expand the borders of this podcast. May transcend, oh God, every nautical point and go beyond to homes, oh God, who would not normally have an opportunity, but especially know that you said that, Father, that the gospel will be preached in all the world for a witness and then you shall come. Father, technology is this and we're just thanking you, Father, for the, the media ministry and I thank you for what is going on right now, what you're doing in this time of COVID, in this time when there's wars and rumors of war, that you're calling your people, that you're raising up your army and you said, get ready, be alert, be vigilant. I want you to go forth. I want you to go forth in boldness. I want you to go forth with the power of the Holy Spirit. And so God, I pray that everyone will hear that you will spark something in them. And that, Lord God, as we work together to come be, to become one, to become fused in you and the Holy Spirit as one, Lord, so the world will know that we are your disciples. We love you. We bless you. And we praise you because you are good, God. Yes. And so we ask now that you will sanctify us through and through with your word. And make us, Lord, continue to be your light, your salt, as you continue to make us one in community, one in purpose, to heal our nation, to heal our church of the racial divide, to reconcile us, Father, that when you shall come, that your church, your church triumphant, will, Lord God, praise you as Revelation 7 verse 9 said, all kindreds, races, Lord God, tongues, nations, will bow down. They will have palm branches to praise you. Let us, Father, be among that number to wave those palm branches, to cast our crown at your feet because you're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen, amen. amen. Well, Dion, wifey, I want to thank you for just taking the time once again because it's always a pleasure. And you know, we have these wonderful conversations on Sabbath, you know, I always have after service and uh, you'll be preaching again and again this weekend at another location. So blessings. I'll be right there. You know that <laughs> well, before you go, <laughs> let me say this to our, our podcast listeners. Uh, this podcast was brought to you by Plantation SA Church. Uh, to listen more to Elder Dion's full sermon, please go to Plantation SDA Church YouTube channel or simply uh, PlantationSDA.tv. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel to be notified of all upcoming live streams and programs. And lastly, please subscribe to your favorite podcast. Of course, that's us. Um, hit that like button. You got to hit that like button. Elder Dion, once again, I wanted to say we got two birthdays. We had one yesterday. Uh, you know Natalie Owls? Natalie. She yeah. is, uh, is 27. And of course, Melissa. You know, Melissa, how do you pronounce her last name? Mango? Mango? Mango. Mango, thank you. Her birthday is today. And Sabrina, Sabrina's oh, Sabrina? birthday is today. Thank you. Sabrina's thank you very much. We Sabrina have to send her some on Facebook. Yes. Well, Lady Young, once again, it's a pleasure. I know you have to head on out to another meeting. It's always a pleasure. Thank you. Bless you. Thank you for and having me. You. You're most welcome. Thank you, Eduardo. Okay. Thank you, Cassandra. And prayers out to to um, Don and the rest of the crew. Thank you once again. God bless. God bless. Bye-bye.